Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. Hi, and welcome back to Creatively Human. This is actually the final episode of season one. I can't believe it. I finished a whole series and it's been such an amazing experience. Um, I'm probably going to have about a month off. I will let you know when the podcast is coming back. You can follow me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite if you want updates. And yeah, I've got a lot of exciting things planned for the next series. Lots of exciting guests, lots of exciting topics. But if there's anything you'd like me to cover, if there's any guests you'd love me to interview, then please let me know. You can also subscribe to my Notes and Reflections newsletter over at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter. And that's kind of where I share a bit more behind the scenes of what I'm doing in my business and you can always reply to any email I send you if you have any questions or suggestions. So I thought it would be fitting to end the podcast by talking about my whole experience of starting this podcast and yes it's about my experience of podcasting but it's actually something that I think will apply to any kind of creative project, any kind of online business. It's more about the mindset stuff rather than the nitty-gritty of actually starting a podcast which I've actually covered separately in a blog post which I'll talk about later on in this episode and I'll link to in the show notes. So yeah this episode is all about doing something new, doing something very scary and finding out that it was all totally worth it. So I'm going to start at the beginning and that is when I first came up with the idea of starting a podcast. Basically I have been listening to podcasts for a very long time. I can't remember when I first started listening but I'm pretty sure it was when podcasts weren't so popular I used to listen on my computer before I had an iPhone so it was definitely quite a while ago and yeah I've basically loved podcasts for a long time and I have always loved the sort of intimacy the way that you feel really connected to the people talking through the podcast and also the way that you kind of end up hearing voices or listening to experiences stories and advice from people that you wouldn't necessarily have found through other mediums like blogging And of course, there's the massive benefit of the fact that you can listen to them on the go. So when I was doing my marathon training a few years ago, I listened to a ton of podcasts. And now that I have a baby, I'm also listening to podcasts while I'm getting other things done at the same time, because time is very, very valuable these days. So yeah, I've always been a podcasting fan, but I never thought that I would have my own podcast. Sometime last year, I randomly came up with this idea for this podcast, sort of a twist on on what lots of people are doing with podcasts already, interviewing people about their business journeys and so on. Except I wanted it to go into some of the hard stuff and some of the deeper stuff that goes on behind the scenes because since starting my own business in 2008, I have realised that it takes a lot of personal development and work on yourself to get past a lot of blocks when it comes to visibility, putting yourself out there, dealing with rejection, all of that fun stuff. So I kind of wanted to start a podcast to talk more about that and also to talk about the bigger issues like business owners and their mental health. 
and I had the idea for the podcast early in 2018 and I remember going out for dinner with my husband which was a very rare occasion since we had our baby in December 2017 but we were out for a very early dinner my mum was babysitting and we kind of got chatting about stuff as you do over a glass of wine and I told him that I kind of wanted to start a podcast but I didn't think I was going to do it. I guess that telling him was a bit of a catalyst for actually making it happen. Now I've actually written a blog post all about this. It's called The Power of Allowing Yourself to Have Big Ideas and Sitting With Them and I guess what I mean by that is that sometimes you literally just have to allow yourself to have that kind of idea that you think will never happen. You just have to sort of admit to yourself that you sort of do want it to happen and just sit with it for a while and I think that just having it in the back of your mind for a period of time quickly actually makes it a lot more likely to happen so that is what happened with this podcast like I said and it has become my catchphrase and I've said it so many times throughout this podcast I never ever thought I would do this never thought I would do a podcast I also didn't think that my idea was anything special like Although I wanted it to be a twist on some of the podcast interviews I've heard in the past and I wanted to dig into the deeper topics, I always had that voice in my head saying, why me? Why have I got something to say? Why am I the one to host this? And of course, I still have those thoughts, but I just decided to push through them anyway. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So how did it turn from an idea into a reality? Well, someone whose podcast I really love is Lucy Lucraft and her podcast is called What She Said. And she announced that she was running a podcasting course. And because I had already had this idea in the back of my head for a while and because I really loved her podcast and her style, it got me thinking, could I sign up to this podcast course? Would I start a podcast? Could I start a podcast? And I debated it for a long time. I sent her a few messages. I really wasn't sure. And in the end, I basically just thought, fuck it, I'm doing it. I didn't exactly feel comfortable with it, but because I had made the decision and especially because I had invested in it financially, I decided that I was going to make it happen. And Lucy's course was really great. She went into all the tech stuff we need for a podcast, which I'm not going to go into here, but I have written a separate blog post about. If you want to read that, I'll put the link in the show notes. And she was also just really supportive. It was it was more than a course. It was more of a sort of group coaching. And she really encouraged me to pick a launch date. And I can't remember exactly when I took this course. I think it was August. We decided that I would launch the podcast on the 10th of October. So I had a good number of weeks to work on it, but it was also a short enough period of time to make sure that I would actually make it happen. And since we set the date, my imposter syndrome went into overdrive. Like it was quite unbearable at times. So as I mentioned, I have a young baby and at the time he was like eight months old and I was still getting up in the night to feed him. And it was it was during these night feeds that all the imposter syndrome would just come out of nowhere. It was like my brain was just torturing me a bit. And I had all these thoughts about who am I to do this? Can I actually do it? Why am I putting myself out there like that when it's not something I enjoy? All of this stuff. It was also around this time that I read the book Playing Big by Tara Moore and that really helped with it because in a nutshell she talks about how you have this inner voice, this inner critic and it tends to go into overdrive when you're starting something new, when you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and it's sort of a protective thing that your brain does to keep you safe except it feels horrible and it's not keeping you safe when it's to do with something like starting a podcast. 
Anyway, reading that book really helped and I kind of, I gave my inner critic a name, which is one of the exercises that she suggests in the book. And it sounds very silly, but it really, really helps. Like, trust me, it really helps. So if you are having this kind of imposter syndrome, I really recommend you read Playing Big. It just helps to know that this is something that loads of other people go through as well. Like the fact that you're your inner critic is loud doesn't mean that it is right and doesn't mean that you should listen to it. So I did think that that really helped. I will be honest though and say that I did go through a period of anxiety before I launched the podcast, like true anxiety. It wasn't just my inner critic shouting, but it was also, it manifested physically in symptoms of anxiety, which wasn't very nice. But it did subside when I was sort of kind to myself and I didn't work on it too much at once. Like sometimes I just had to step away from it for a bit because it was too much for me to handle. I guess it's because I was doing something that I was really, really not used to and it was really, really outside of my comfort zone. So I did feel anxious, but I just stepped back from it for a while and that really, really helped. So when I was preparing to launch the podcast, of course, one of the things I had to do was invite guests to be on it. And that was like a major source of anxiety for me. I was really scared of actually sending the emails, of actually asking people to be on the podcast. And what if they said no? The truth is that if I got a rejection from them, it really didn't mean anything. And I kind of had to realise that to be invited onto someone else's podcast is actually like a really nice thing. And if they didn't want to do it or if they didn't have time to do it, then that was fine. They could just say no and nothing bad would happen. So I made a big list of people who I wanted to invite in the podcast. I made a list of people who I might want to invite on the podcast in the future. And I picked 10 people to start with. And amazingly, every single one of those 10 people said yes to me. And bear in mind at the time that I was doing this, I had only started my new Instagram account in June. I'd only really started blogging at my website ruthpoundwhite.com in June. I didn't really have much of an audience. I didn't really have much for them to have a look at to like see who I was and what I was about. So I don't think that most of the people I had asked had actually heard much about me but I did have some sort of prior connection to all of them. So whether it's because I had followed them on Instagram for a while and read their blogs or maybe it's because I'd been in a Facebook group with them. One of the people I asked, I had actually been in her membership group and I still am. So that really, really helped. And I made sure that the emails were very personal and they spoke about why I admired their work and also how their work would fit into the bigger vision for my podcast. And I think that that helped just having that prior connection and also sending a really personable email So yeah, they all said yes and it was amazing and I had my first interview booked in. So the first interview that I had scheduled in was with the lovely Rabia and you can listen to that interview in episode two. Thankfully for me, she was so, so lovely and so easy to talk to and so down to earth that it made the process a lot easier because I'm going to be honest with you and say I was bloody nervous about that first interview. I was so nervous like I had booked it in for the afternoon and I was worrying about it the whole day and I was sort of desperate to get it over with. This might be a good point to tell you if you haven't gathered this already from stuff that I've spoken about on the podcast that I tend to find certain social situations a bit awkward. (laughs) I am a massive introvert but obviously there's a difference between being an introvert and being shy 
I think I'm both. I have at least in the past considered myself to be shy. Like when I was a child, I was really shy. And even nowadays, I kind of hate talking on the phone and stuff. So this kind of played into my whole anxiety about starting a podcast. It also made me sort of wonder why on earth someone like me was choosing to start a podcast when I find this kind of stuff so awkward. But, and I'll go into more about this later on in this episode, starting the podcast has actually taught me a lot about my personality and the way I am and that I was actually wrong about a lot of the things I thought. So yeah, before I interviewed Rabia, I was really, really nervous. Um, I did prepare for it a lot because that's sort of my personality and it helped me feel a bit more in control of the situation. So I made a whole page of sort of notes and possible questions to ask her. I hadn't sent her the questions ahead of time, but I had sent her this sort of general ideas for topics and I had sent her two specific questions because at the end of every episode I asked the guest a very specific question I think it's only right to actually allow them to prepare for those questions if they want to but yeah the rest of the questions I didn't ask in advance I just sort of told my guests what the general gist of what I wanted to talk about was and after I spoke to Rabia it was really great I was so pleased that I had done it I was so thankful that she was such a lovely first person for me to interview I think it helped that I booked in quite a few guests in a short space of time because you know when you're scared of something and you feel nervous about something actually just facing your fear and forcing yourself to do the thing that you're scared of can quite quickly make you less scared and that was certainly the case for me and I also found that it was quite important to listen back to those early interviews and it was very very cringy but I was surprised at how I wasn't quite as awkward as I thought I was It also helped me to hear how good I was at asking questions, to notice things that I might have wanted to do better and to kind of improve every interview that I did going forward. And I do feel like I improved really, really quickly. Actually, I learned a lot about what it takes to ask good questions and have a good conversation. I learned that very quickly. And I'm not sure if you can tell, but I feel like I could tell listening back to the early episodes of the podcast versus listening back to the later ones. I feel like... I got a lot better at the kind of balance of listening to the person's answer while at the same time thinking about where you want to purposefully direct the conversation. I also actually started to notice benefits in my personal life. Like I feel like I've become better at having conversations already with random people, which just kind of blows my mind. It kind of shows that you can have this story about yourself and this idea of what you think you're like, but actually you can totally surprise yourself with how capable you are and how adaptable you are and how quick you can improve. And for that reason alone, I think it's been so worthwhile doing the podcast just to like help me with my awkward feelings and to show me that I am more capable and better at talking than I would have ever realized. And another thing that just blows my mind with the podcast is the number of people who have actually contacted me and said that they liked my voice. Like, I can't get my head around that. It's just so weird to think that people actually like listening to what I have to say and how I'm saying it. But yeah, it's such a great exercise. I actually talked a bit about the experience of getting visible and putting myself out there in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. It was episode six, which is called On Being Visible, Honest and Always Scared. And basically the best thing about being more visible, the best thing about like showing your face or recording your voice and then having to like watch or listen to it back is that you kind of 
get used to it. You kind of accept yourself a bit more. And although there are a lot of cringy moments that you have to face, there are also a lot of times when you think, oh, I actually said that a lot better than I thought I said. Or, oh, actually, I don't kind of um and ah in my conversations as much as I thought I did. So yeah, it's been like a really great exercise in personal development in terms of my personality, in terms of how I kind of perceived myself and how I talk. And it's helping me be a better conversationalist, I hope. And I want to talk a bit about when I actually launched the podcast. So October the 10th came around and the podcast was out in the world. I actually ended up launching with three episodes in one go, but that's only because I'd gotten so ahead of myself that I decided I'd have a few at once just to sort of like give it a boost when it first got launched. And I felt like so amazing that day. It was just so exciting. Like all the anxiety was worth it. I just felt like I had put something out into the world that I was really proud of and I just felt so happy. And I also felt so like massively grateful to my community on Instagram for how supportive they were because like I said I only started my Instagram account in June 2018. I had a pretty small following. I still have a relatively small following and it just means so much to me that people will get behind my work and share it with other people and be so excited about it. So yeah that was a really great day but interestingly the next day the day after launching I just all the imposter syndrome came back again and I just felt like I needed to hide away and I didn't feel very good to be honest. It was really weird after having such a high to like go straight back down to that but now a few months in I can see that this is a bit of a pattern with me and I think it's because I'm so introverted and I think it's because I'm so or I have been very self-conscious and it is hard to put myself out there that I'm sort of still finding my way in terms of how visible I want to be and also in terms of just getting used to my voice being out in the world. And luckily now at this point, I find that I have to hide away a lot less. And usually when I do hide away, I'm a bit kinder on myself as well. Like it's not normally just like a tornado of negative emotions and horrible inner voice. It's more like, okay, I feel tired. I need to recuperate. I just need to like reset my energy for a bit. It's more like that introvert recharging rather than sort of like crashing down, which is good. (laughs) I just wanted to quickly interrupt here and say that if you are an introvert and you're thinking about putting yourself out there and you're finding it difficult or you want to know how I have navigated the whole thing, then I do have a brand new free ebook and you can download that at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash introvert book. And I'll include the link to that in my show notes as well. Since I actually launched the podcast and since I got talking to my first guests, I found that it's sort of become a creative thing of itself that I didn't really expect. I had an idea, like I said, I had the idea for the podcast and what I wanted to talk about before I actually launched it. But by actually speaking to guests, by actually getting used to asking questions, by seeing how people reacted to the questions I was asking, I feel like the podcast is just taking on its own role. And I'm not sure exactly where I want to go with it yet. But I do know that it's way more creatively fulfilling than I could have ever imagined or hoped for, which is just brilliant. And I also know that it is a process and there is a skill 
to be honed and it is something that I'm obviously very new at and I'm still going to learn and I'm going to improve all the time and I'm fine with that. It's actually really fun and really creative figuring out the best questions to ask and the best topics to speak about and also the right people to interview to make mine something a bit different and I think that those questions are important to ask about all of the creative work we do in the world to be honest because We don't want our work to be the same as everything else that's out there. We want to bring our own slant to it and take it in a slightly different direction with our own voice and our own sort of purpose. So yeah, that's something I'm going to really be thinking about going into the second series. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the workload of the podcast because this is something that has surprised me and... It's funny that it was a surprise because I feel like all podcasters are always saying how much work it is to put together a podcast, but I didn't quite know it until I did it. And yes, it is a lot of work. So before I launched the podcast, obviously, I had to sort of get used to the techie stuff, which, like I said, I've got a separate blog post about that. But that was sort of a one time thing. Like once you've gotten used to it and you know how to use it, that's it. Like that work is done. But it's the work that goes into it every week. It's the work that goes into thinking of guests, contacting the guests, scheduling them into your calendar. And I actually spend quite a lot of time researching my guests and coming up with questions. Like that takes a lot of time and more than I anticipated. But by far the worst part of the work is, and I'm sure you've heard this all before, the editing. The editing really does take a long time. And I do think that This is partly to do with my personality and the fact that I still am cautious about the way I present myself to the world and I probably do overthink the way I say things and I probably do over edit some of my episodes because I'm still a bit self-conscious about how it sounds. So honestly I think that if you can be confident and if you can try and record a podcast with minimal editing in mind then that will really really help and I also think batching is the way forward for a while with the podcast I found myself every Tuesday night frantically editing the episode ready to go up on Wednesday morning and it was stressful it's not the way I want to run my podcast and it's not to be honest the way I want to live my life because I was spending an evening when I should have been with my husband or doing something relaxing I was spending it editing a podcast and I'd often like stay up quite late editing it which is not no good because I have a baby who wakes me up in the night and I need my sleep So towards the end of this series, I've actually been batching the podcast because I find that when I get in the zone of editing, I can actually sit there and do it for quite a while. So I've perhaps been editing two or three interview episodes at a time. And then I've been batch recording interviews for the episodes at the same time. Like right now, as I'm recording this episode, I'm actually batching it with another solo episode. And I find that batching the work, it it really doesn't feel like it takes longer but you get like double the amount of work done so I really recommend that for anyone who has a podcast. I've also made a note of my podcast workflow for everything I do to get the episode live so things like creating graphics, making a blog post, uploading it to my podcast host, things like that and that's something I'm planning on passing on to my virtual assistant because having it all written down means that it's really easy just to outsource that part of it. And one day I will definitely outsource the editing. But like I said, I'm still a bit sort of self-conscious about the way I sound. So I'm not really ready to have someone else control that yet. That is why I'm choosing to do the editing myself. But yeah, know that it is a lot of work, but I do think that it's worth it. Podcasting is a lot more work than blogging, but I do think it has a different impact to a blog. So I do think it's worth it. But yeah, that's another reason why I feel like having a break now, this episode being the last one of the series and then having a break is like a really good thing for me mentally and that I'll come back to the second season like with a renewed energy. 
I had a question relating to the podcast, which was, what are the three hardest things about starting Creatively Human? And I think I've addressed a lot of that in terms of the self-doubt and imposter syndrome and the inner critic's voice getting very loud at the time when I was starting it. I have to be honest and say that it's also been really hard pouring so much time and mental energy into a project like this when it's not directly related to my income because I do have a family to support, I do have a young child, I am taking time away from him when I work on it and I'm also taking a time away from my kind of main income generating activities in my business when I work on it so it's hard to kind of know whether it's worth it it's definitely been worth it in terms of my personal fulfillment and I know that indirectly it's all boosting my business and my brand but it's hard sometimes knowing that I'm making it such a priority when it's not directly leading to anything but I guess I would also say that one of the scariest things and also one of the best things has been feeling how much I have loved doing this and wondering how I can make it bigger and how I can make it a more prominent part of my work. I know it doesn't sound hard, but it's always hard to imagine playing bigger with things like this, especially creative projects, especially ones that involve you putting your voice out into the world, literally. So uh, we'll see how that goes, especially with the second series. But I thought it was interesting to put that out there. So that's basically it. That's my experience of starting a podcast. And before I end, I guess I just want to say to anyone thinking of doing this or to anyone thinking of starting any new creative project, I think it's good to just let yourself do it imperfectly. Because to be honest, this is an idea I've had for a while. It's something I never thought I would do. And it's probably not something I would have done had that course by Lucy not come out and had she not encouraged me massively to set a date. If it hadn't been for that, I'd probably still be thinking about it. I'd probably still be overthinking about it. I'd probably still be trying to get everything perfect, trying to be like do everything absolutely the best. And that's just not realistic. Like there are podcasts that sound really professional. There are podcasts that do this, that and the other. But you don't have to do all that stuff. Like you can start in the most simple way possible and just improve it as you go. I mean, I've also had a cold for pretty much the majority of this whole first series of the podcast. So my voice sounds really nasal and it's annoying. But had I waited until I didn't have a blocked nose, then I'd still be waiting and this episode wouldn't be out there. So yeah. If you want to do it, I really, really encourage you to do it. Like I said, it has been more creatively fulfilling than I could ever have hoped for. And the community around the podcast is honestly amazing as well. Um, And yeah, speaking of community, I'd also love to have you join my Facebook group, which I'm going to include a link for in the show notes. And if you have any questions about podcasting, like I said, if you have any guests you'd like me to interview, if you have any topics you'd like me to cover, then please come follow me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite. Send me a DM and subscribe to my newsletter at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter. And I guess I just want to end the episode by saying thank you so much to listening to the podcast and to making it a thing in my life that I find really fulfilling. I am so excited to share the next series with you after a few weeks off. And in the meantime, there are 20 something episodes for you to catch up on if you haven't listened to them all yet. So thank you. And I will catch you in March for series two of Creatively Human. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. 
I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business. And you can find me on my website, ruthpoundwhite.com, where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter, or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.